Blacks have developed a rich and colourful history at the Rugby World Cup. The All Blacks having to twice beat the Tricklers to win the Webb Ellis Cup. That rivalry resumes here in Paris this evening as we kick off the test edition of rugby's biggest prize, the World Cup. Bonjour. Welcome into the breakdown. We are officially on the road in Lyon, France after the opening weekend. It's been pretty incredible seeing the local fans get out here. France has been amazing hosts. We have survived the heat, which has been about 34 degrees uh, during match days. But right now, we've got a lot to discuss. All these other nations are putting their hand up and the All Blacks are already under pressure. Mills Mulligana, Jeff Wilson, welcome to France. Let's take a breath, eh? Let's it's time to breath. take a breath. First weekend, Mills is gone. It's done. We've seen all the big teams. There's been big games, big matchups. Obviously, the All Blacks have got a lot of things to consider now as they start building towards their second game. But the World Cup is on. Oh. And the atmosphere, you've seen it across all the stadiums. They're prepared. The host nation are ready. They showed that by playing so well against the All Blacks. The fans are ready. Yeah. You were here in Lyon. You were out in town last night seeing the atmosphere in and around other matches. Man, it's, it's fantastic, right? 34 degrees. Is that what it was? It felt like it was Sound 50. Like 50. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it? I mean, it's nice to get our working style suits back on and then yeah. be underneath the shade. But you're right. Uh, not the ideal start for the All Blacks, but... Um, a lot of other great matches too. Uh, there'll be a lot of sort of, uh, I suppose, not sort of soul searching for the for the ABs, but uh, plenty of colour around town, uh, like we've been we've, we've been seeing. Um, but another great week ahead. Look, I just want to bring something up straight away. Two weeks ago, Sir Steve Hansen was on the breakdown live from France in camp with the Wallabies. Now, Mills, he is in camp with the All Blacks for the next two <laughs> weeks in Lyon. What does that say? What is that telling you? Oh, I, I think they would have perhaps already preempted this, right? I think it's just a little bit of a moral support for for um, for for Fozzie and sort of possibly um, reaffirming what he's actually you know, you know doing. You know, having his presence around some of the, those other guys as well, and you know some of the things that he would, would would say, that can go a long way into helping him in this sort of situation. You've got to remember, look, they came into this and they would have had a hopefully had a plan as well, hadn't it not gone right? It hasn't gone their, their way, the result. But the reality is, once you get to the quarterfinals, which they should make, right? You know, that's when it sh should really start. Oh, I'm a little bit surprised. Mm. Uh, the fact coming from one camp to another. And haven't the same seen World Steve Cup cycle. Haven't seen Steve Hansen for quite a while. Obviously, he's been coaching in Japan. And all of a sudden, the last two or three months, certainly been very, very vocal. Um, you talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the fear of missing out. Maybe just wanting to be a part of it. But also, he feels as though he can add some value. Now, if he can come into the All Blacks and have two or three words of wisdom that might give them an edge then it's great. And they obviously feel as though he can add some value, just like the former players who have been there. 
the thing is, right now, the biggest struggle for the All Blacks is keeping their players on the field. They have four major injuries right now. Amoni Narawa has gone back to New Zealand. Absolutely devastating news for him. The back injuries ruled him out of his first ever Rugby World Cup. Before it even got started, uh, news confirmed that Ethan Blackadder will come across. Uh, he'll be landing uh, on Monday in France. Let's talk about him first. He brings exactly what the All Blacks need, Mills. Physicality. That's why he never stays on the field, because he is so intense with everything he does. Yeah, so you've just talked about guys getting back on the yeah. field and staying off the Please field. Please stay on the field. I know, and this is the sort of guy that just throws his body at everything, not just on the in-game, but also at training. And that's perhaps some, sometimes when he's sort of more vulnerable. He doesn't kind of, hasn't got the balance right in terms of, you know, you know just, just pulling back because he feels good about hitting bodies and hurting people. I think they need it. I think it's probably a little bit of a blessing in disguise here. Shannon Fazio's gone down. They were a little bit short, weren't they? And, and yeah. very, very light in the Lucy department. They're now, you know, Captain Sam Kane had back spasms. So to bring him back into the into the fold, into the mix, to bring that sort of energy, having been out, and, and perhaps motivation for guys. I think that's that might be possibly, um, you know, something that just kick-starts this, this all-black team. Well, hopefully. Oh, really I, unfortunate I, for Sammy Penny Finau, we must say, because he had been part of that original squad. But, yeah, but what but, are the differences between these two players? But Ethan wasn't fit. I mean, he'd, he'd been fit for selection. He probably might have been in the squad ahead yeah. of Sammy Penny anyway. So the fact that Ethan's gone and played some rugby, uh, it was great footage of Amazing. his Tasman Michael teammates. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, the, the morning of a game, he's preparing to play. No, 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 you're off to the airport to go to France. He's and the so celebration... like his father, isn't he? Oh, I tell you, well, the, the one thing <laughs> you're going to get... With, yeah, the, the one thing you're going to get from just like his dad is you're going to get effort. Yeah. Effort yeah. from minute one to minute 80. If he can make the 80 but he's going to put it on the line. I think he'll have to come in immediately and he'll have to play. He'll have to get as much rugby under, under his belt because the All Blacks may need him. But the fact that we're not hearing that Shannon Frizzell is closer is a concern for me. Is the fact, because we saw, I think, in that first game, just the different element he brings to the All Blacks. I think there'll be some hard conversations now about selection, about what might happen if Shannon Frizzell doesn't recover quickly. All of a sudden, that option of Scott Barrett going to six, I still think, becomes a conversation because size is going to be important. We've seen that. We've seen already the big teams, England, South Africa. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on yeah. in the show, exactly what they're going to bring. Absolutely brilliant to see Brody Retallick come back and play 11 minutes on the weekend. Yes, it was forced due to injury. He was forced onto the bench, but he's ready and he's available. Tyrell Lomax, a couple of weeks away still, uh, of course, with that quad tier. Shannon Frizzell still unsure when he will return to play. They're hoping that it'll be uh, during the pool matches. Uh, Geordie Barrett, it sounds like he could be available uh, in for, uh, for the next test of the Rugby World Cup with his knee. Uh, Sam Kane, back spasms. We're hearing that it's not too bad. But Mills, can the All Blacks win the Rugby World Cup? Can they win a really hard quarterfinal without their number one team, with those four frontliners out injured? Oh, it's a tough ask when you, when you speak of those guys that are, that are out. Can they win it? There's a bit of time, OK? There's a bit of time to get some of those players back, and then they're in key positions. But also, I think you talk about the, the, the physical um, well-being of these guys, but sort of... I'd like to know sort of where they're at now mentally. You know, they've just come off a, uh, a comprehensive sort of win from the, from the, uh, the Springboks in Twickenham. That would have dented their sort of motivation a little bit. They've gone out now and played the French at home. They haven't won that game. It's back-to-back -back losses. What do they get out of the, these next few games? And particularly, you know, looking forward, when you go to the quarterfinals, it's about gaining a little bit more momentum, trying to get that momentum back, but also getting a lot of those healthy guys back so that because it does become that. It now becomes all about that quarter-final. Yeah. Why it's important for me is the fact that 
we'd started to build these great combinations and all of those combinations, you think about the midfield, you think about the front row, the loose forward trios, all of those combinations are now gone because we've got someone out from all of them. So how hard is it for them to come back in and we need to elevate our performance collectively as a group? The team we're going to name probably uh, to play Namibia, then on to Italy, if some of these guys unfit, it's not the size that have been successful already this season. So health is probably, to me, the most critical part of the All Blacks campaign right now. Well, we know the All Blacks have always had this aura about them. International teams have feared playing the All Blacks, but they've really struggled against these top four nations in the world over the last 12 months, haven't they? I mean, just the losses to South Africa and France in the last two weeks. Of course, we know what happened in the Irish series last year. Do these top teams still fear the All Blacks, Jeff? Well, look, for, so much has been talked about the fact the All Blacks have now lost their first pool game in Rugby World Cup history. Look, I don't think that aura um, has been there for a long time in regards to that. I don't think these teams, Mills, no longer fear playing against the All Blacks because the margins have become so close between these sides. And when you're good enough and talented enough like these two teams, or multiple teams are, and the nature of the way they play, and the fact there's no doubt that the All Blacks have gone through a big changing of the guard yeah. in their group, and like you say, teams have created history. So this aura, there's no doubt there's a ma the respect's still there, Mills, right? The respect of the legacy, the history, all of that around the All Black jersey. But ultimately, these guys are professional athletes. They believe they can go and compete on any given day. So I don't think it's necessarily gone. I just think it's a, it's a different phase of the game now. It's just international footy. Oh, it's more competitive now, isn't it? And results have possibly sort of... Um Made more had this effect on it. I mean, I don't think in the, in the all backs environment, you know, regardless of whether you're, you're succeeding or not, you don't talk about the aura. I mean, there are moments in the game, and that's probably where you're sort of seeing now, where you look across, you're winning a big moment, you can you can actually see the opposition think far out. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of doubt in there. You probably haven't got that now, you know, given those sort of the, the results. But in terms of the aura, the respect's still there. It's, if anything, you know, this this team, current team at the moment. They've gone through a lot of that adversity. They've gone through these losses, and so it's no different. You know, you talk about those guys that are coming that are coming into into the environment. Um, the young guys, they won't necessarily feel that expectation because it's something new. You know, they've, uh, this is something new to them. They've, they've come off sort of losses and had to fight their way back in. Where in yesteryear, it was all about that. We've 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 had a good part of history behind us. I still think we believe we've got that. Um, it's just now about that. You know, like, like I mentioned before. Mentally, how does that affect you know the All Blacks and their motivation going forward now? I mean, it's all well and good beating teams like Argentina and Australia, but how do you actually get 80-minute performances against these top nations? Because 50, 60-minute performances, they're not good enough, are they? Well, it has been at times because beating South Africa in South Africa last year, that was a remarkable performance. That's probably the one 80-minute performance I look at and go, you know what, that was one of those games. What we did is what we can do. Now, there's been a lot of conversation. I've started reading about the fact that the All Blacks can't play for long periods of time, but if we get 20 minutes right, now, just before halftime against France, if we'd nailed a couple of key moments, it would have put them under pressure. Those are the things at the moment are letting the All Blacks down, is when we do get opportunities in big games, and there are moments, we're not nailing those, and that's the question marks we have to have over performances right now. So that's concerning? Well, that, there's no doubt about that. They'd be concerned about that. If I was playing in that team, I'd be concerned, because ultimately that's not taking the opportunities, and the All Black teams have always been. If we're on for 20 minutes, we can accumulate points very, very quickly. And Ian Foster said after that match against France that there were a few home truths. Is that what he's talking about, Mills? Not being able to finish off all of those opportunities? Some, that is. That is a big, massive part. But yeah. also, 
moving on from not finishing that opportunity. It's almost like, OK, they haven't now. They've gone to the change room. They're on top of them. You've seen the French tyre, but they've almost gone in and put themselves back on under pressure, thinking, oh, man, we missed that opportunity, missed that opportunity. We've got to get ourselves back in the game, play more, play more. And they're not, it just seems like they're not kind of thinking on the bigger picture, whereas, you know, teams in the past have gone in and let that go. You know, let's let it go now. Let's restart again, go back out there and win big moments. And also, you know, focus on those big moments, not go in and go, oh, man, well, I've lost, I've lost that battle now. There's a moment that we've kind of lost and dwell on it. And, and, I, and I sometimes think that's where the All Blacks are at at the moment. Then they just keep trying a game plan, keeping at a game plan. Meantime, it hasn't, it's not working. They're not, they're not prepared to actually change it because they've put themselves on so much pressure to say, OK, this is... It becomes tunnel vision. And that's what we're not seeing at the moment. We're, we've got a, a good team. We've got a, a team that, can, that are clinical at, at, um, when, when they get themselves in the right place. They, the skill execution is good, but it's, it's here. Yep. This is the, in the communication about it. Our long kicks, I mean, that, that's... You know, we've got to get to a stage where we, we, we have to adapt. We have to win the mental game. Yeah. That's what we have to win. We talk about the top two inches. It's constant, it's constant, it's constant. That's the one thing at How the moment. How do you grow that? Well, you, you've got to have your experience step up. And what we've seen, a number of injuries, guys. Yeah, with it. Yeah, so with the, there are points. There's some inexperience in the group. So they're going to have to make some adjustments or they're going to have to come up with a formula to keep themselves on point. Can I just ask you two, are you missing JK? <laughs> Are you missing him niggling you across the desk, Jeff? Sometimes it's quite nice for it not to be constant from <laughs> Sir John Kerwin. Well, if you're all sitting there wondering, where is Sir John Kerwin? Him and Carlton Anna are both in Paris, and they were there in France, Stade de France, for that opening match. Well, KT, um, I was on the sideline, man. It was mm. just the atmosphere. Like an hour before they were singing, you were upstairs doing yeah. the... World feed, how was that? Oh, that was, it, was, it was immense. Like, I think we always thought and knew that it was going to be uh, some type of event, but to actually be there and experience it, and hour before kickoff, JK, the, the crowd's in there singing Allez Les Bleus, and it's yeah. just something different and unique, as you know, being here. But for you, you've been to a few World Cups. How does this one rank in terms of the atmosphere and how it kicked off on Game 1? I, I just felt really privileged last mm. night to be on the sideline. I, you know, I was here um, when they had the last one. I was still coaching Japan. And rugby just seems to be getting this, this growth to it, you know. But I just thought the crowd was amazing. They were just partying the whole time. So the atmosphere was amazing, but the heat, man. Yeah. Like the heat, there's no excuses um, because both teams have to play in it, but both teams would have suffered because it was like this blanket, there's this humidity. Mm. So, you know, for me, I just think it was, it's a great way to start the tournament. As an All Black fan, I'm not happy, you know. That was a bit, bit hard, but... Um, you know, you just got to go, well, we now need to get some rhythm into the quarterfinals, but uh, what a great way to start. Everyone left happy, so it's all good. I think for the tournament, in terms of the tournament, I think it was, it was, it was a great way to kick it off. As All Black fans, absolutely terrible. For you, though, like, thinking about the All Blacks and the performance, what was your sort of view on it? It was really interesting because after the game, everyone said to me, oh, what about, why were they kicking it? Mm. And I think it was part of the game plan. I think they were kicking it back and forward, you know, not kicking it out, trying to get those big French forwards to run. Mm. And I thought it had worked. Yep. At the end of the yep. first half, I yep. thought they were out on their feet. Um, but then in the second half, we just didn't have any possession. Yeah. Um, bit of discipline, I think. The, the two, two things that I think the boys will be talking about together, discipline, um, you know, that, that was a harsh one, but... You know, Will probably just needed to pull out of that, yeah. right? So he did have his eyes on the ball, but that's, you know, that's the way it is. And then, you know, I think, what was it, 15-4 or something, the, the, the penalty count? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. So yeah. you, can't, you can't play a game like that. Yeah. And the other thing I think they'll think about is they got a bit of red head on, mm. you know, late. 
they're just like, yeah, let's try and win this. And so there was a few, there was a few sort of um, errors in their individual skills under pressure, which I think you know they can look at and say, well, what we should have, you know, what we should have done different. But um, everyone's a bit worried last night, but I'm not worried at all. I just think. You know, yeah. it's going to come down to that one-off game. They're going to have a good game against Italy, though. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. But but the thing is too, like we've got a lot of heavy hitters out with Geordie Barrett and and um, well, Brody came back late. He was right, yeah. very good to go and Shannon Frizzell, low max. You know, so we think about in terms of that we lost the skip just pre-kickoff, which yeah. is another thing they had to get to negotiate. But I mean, as we go into the tournament, I think that's one thing I got out of talking to Fozzie. You have to be good for quite a, a long amount of time and I think yeah. if you get those goes back whether it be incrementally or yeah. in one hit then it changes the whole scope I think of our team doesn't it? Oh totally and I think um, the interesting thing for me is Nareto going home yeah. you know, do, yeah. do, you, do you bring another loose forward do you bring yeah. Blackadder over yeah, you know, right. rather than another winger eh? they always get rid of us wingers mate. <laughs> always, 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 always gone eh? <laughs> you know this is our last this is, this is our last gig doing this because the two wingers were getting punted. Yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, go on. Go on. <laughs> Bring the front rows in. <laughs> but I've been looking forward um, for not only the All Blacks but the tournament as a whole. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Can't wait. I think it's going to ramp up now. So um, it's just a neat neat atmosphere. I can't wait. I think it's about time you go get us a coffee. That's us, isn't it? Yeah, coffee time. All right. Au revoir. Au revoir. Let's go get an espresso. Well, JK doesn't have to be in New Zealand to have espresso about 10 times a day, does he? He's on tour. That's yeah. what he is. He's in France. He's on tour. He's doing it well, as always. Looking very snazzy. Also, his glasses are getting plenty of attention uh, from all over the world over the last week. Just as much attention as the All Blacks' performances, Mills. Yeah, pretty stylish, aren't they? Do I need to get some sunnies, too? Well, they're not sunnies, they're not are sunnies. they? not sunnies. I mean, Maybe I don't, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, well, let's talk about the All Blacks. I mean, you've mentioned the game player Mills. We have the best athletes in the world in the All Blacks. We saw glimpses of it. Rico Ioane, uh, Mark Talia on the weekend. I mean, is the game plan right for the athletes that New Zealand has? I'm going to get into it here because this is the fact that everyone knows the way I'd prefer to see the game played. And I've taken a lot of criticism about teams I don't particularly enjoy watching playing the game. So the All Blacks play their worst game again? No, no. And the no, French played their best? Uh, well, <laughs> funny enough, no. The, the problem we've got is that France can play better. And we know that. The problem we've got... Just not South is, Africa. They played well, their best two weeks well, ago. Well, interestingly enough, they were very, very clinical once again, South Africa. And you look at the way that they played the game. It's The nature of it is, for me, we kicked the ball about 38 times. Mm. Um, 45 from France. We've seen already across this tournament. What adjustments in our game plan do we need to make? The fact that, is it personnel? Is it where we're playing the game? Um, is it too high risk? We played a lot of rugby in our own half from time to time. Forced it, you know, and, and it was unstructured play. Are we in a position where we need to play like that, Mills? I, I think there needs to be a, a lot better balance, and I think they'll, they'll understand that too. I, I, the players you're talking about, you know, we've, we've got guys that um, can create something from nothing, you know, we set it up. But yeah, I think what we're actually doing is risk versus reward, right? Yeah, you're going in at it too long. Our kicking game, we need a bit of variation in our kicking game, and we need to be all on the same page when it, when it becomes our kicking game. So for instance, if we're going high kicks, which have got a lot of success against the Springboks and Mount, Mount Smart, right? Guys are getting up, contestable, getting it back. We're on, we're on our game now. It becomes unstructured, which we're really, really good at. When we're not so great at getting those balls back, we're actually putting ourselves under pressure. So now we've got to actually come and change the game plan and say, well, let's go a little bit longer. Okay, you lose a little bit, but you find a bit of space. But what that does is it connects your whole team to say, okay, for the next two or so minutes, while we're down there, we're defending 
to hopefully have the other team kick the ball out and we start again. We're not patient in that. Don't you think, though, the issue was, though, that when we gave them the ball and they kicked it long, we were back in our own half again. Their long kicking game was remarkable. Yeah. The distance they were getting, the fact that... And if we don't win the, the ball in the air, that's going to be the... It's evident. Teams are going to go high. It's going to be contestable. You're going to have to dominate the air. When you try and dominate the air, you run the risk of what happened to Will Jordan, the fact all of a sudden he got it slightly wrong, and it's a yellow card. All of the teams are doing this. That's, that's the balance, and we're going we're gonna to have to be very good at it. That's where we're, we're not dominating. So what happens when you don't dominate the air? It's happened in South Africa against Tukinam. It's happened once again now, but they, they keep going at it. It's almost like they've got a... Yeah, you're right. The long-kicking game is fine, but play a little bit if you need to because you're in an hour and a half. Play a couple of phases and then look for space because that's when you know the backfield is, you know, there's a bit more space to then kick long and start again and be really patient about getting our defensive line-up to, to put the other team under pressure or perhaps kick out so then we can go, OK, well, let's start again. Our set-piece stuff has been really good. Look at the try we scored, you know, a couple of tries that we broke. So let's start again, but we're getting ourselves in this mentality, we've got to win the air, we've got to win the air. We don't win the air and we still keep going back to trying to win that, that, that battle, which we're not, we're not getting reward from. You mentioned Will Jordan and his yellow card. How many yellow cards for the All Blacks just in the last two weeks alone and they haven't been able to handle it when people have been off the field? The penalty count, 12 to 4 between the All Blacks and France as well. You can't win with discipline like that. Or well, the All Blacks can't, can they? I mean, we saw England pull off something remarkable, yeah. but the All Blacks haven't been able to do that. And that's on Argentina, though. I mean, that's on Argentina's not been able to take um, advantage of that. Uh, look, you can't, you can't have ill-discipline. Um, England kicked away 95% of their ball in that game. Their defence was outstanding. Drop goals, but ill-discipline is what hurts you. If you give away penalties, it's the, the, this, this doesn't change. You give away penalties, you give away territory to good teams mm. who are good up front yeah. and you play in the wrong parts of the field, you're going to get beaten. It is so difficult. Well, France was scrumming for penalties and then taking, taking the kick mills. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, that, and what it done is it actually slowed the game down. So the All Blacks came with an upbeat tempo. They wanted us to, to play a bit and, and they, they were starting to get rewarded, albeit made, started to make mistakes. But what it did then, it, the French loved that penalties, go to the line, let's let's drive. It's it sort of, they regained their energy. The, the guys came onto the field. That England, I mean, I talked about adaptability. Man, the way they knew, 10 minutes into the game and you're 14 men down, they're all on the same song. Get down there, drop gold, get down their points, and we're done. It's pressure, right? Yeah. Put the Argentinians under pressure, say, man, we're, we're, oh, man, we're, we're down now by two tries, even though they're like three-pointers. So I think... What, what we're seeing at the moment is an all-black team that are trying to play this upbeat game and then if they lose a big moment or, lose, or, or pe get penalised, teams will be able to sort of come together, slow the game down a bit and go to set-piece. And that's where um, we, we kind of lose our patience. Once again, does discipline, does that come down to leadership on the field? No, quite often those are decisions made by individuals um, in, in the moment holding on on the ground, guys missing a clean out, individual execution skills, um, you know, you lose the, the contact battle, like you say, Will, you know, just doesn't recognise he has to protect the player in the air. Those are all just singular moments of play. It's not leadership because all the players are aware yeah. you have to make strong decisions. You, you can't afford to give away penalties. Look, I know Ethan DeGroote will be disappointed with a yeah. couple of those scrum penalties. He, he clearly was frustrated by some interpretation and that's the other side of it too. Adaptability to refereeing. We you will have to do that. We've seen that in other games already in the first weekend. What do they do at scrum time then? Because we know that these other big teams are going to be looking at that game and that performance on the weekend 
and the quarterfinal stage, aren't they? And they're going to target the All Blacks there once again, Mills. I think we're, I still believe we're still pretty good at scrum time. You know, a couple of a couple of um, you know knees on the ground. He, he actually dominated that, that scrum. He just lost he lost his um, weight there. But there's another one on the other side where we were down in, in, inside of the uh, French 22. We probably could have could have won that. They reset. Um, I don't think it's. I think the, the All Blacks will still go in there with a the mindset that we've got, we've got a pretty good scrum. It's not as like they went in there and they and they absolutely got dominated. Even on the on the French stuff, you know, Aaron Smith was able to get him behind and, and get on to Pont because of the pressure the All Blacks put on there. So, I was You're happy. pretty comfortable. I'm pretty You're comfortable happy. there. I'll, I'll, they'll learn a lot from that. Okay. Uh, well, I can't believe we've just spent about three minutes talking about scrums, but there you have it. JK will not be impressed. This week, the Groove ambassador sat down with a Hollywood superstar, and he just happens to be a Kiwi and an All Blacks fan as well. Taika Waititi. Taika, good to see you, my brother. You too, brother. Hey, you know that the New Zealand rugby gifted these beautiful benches, beautifully carved um, to the nation. But the bench concept's really about, you know, we've got your back, the bench comes on to finish the game. But who's on your bench? I mean, thinking about this, he's on my bench, and, um, you know, I think, if I'm really honest, like, you know, there are very few people that I would say have uh, longevity in, in terms of, like, people I will trust or, like, you know, have with me and, and trust that would have my back or I'd have their back. The people I rely on who are consistently there for me and who, and, you know, who I... I always will trust her, my daughters and uh, my wife. And does fame make that harder? It makes it harder because everyone, you know, there's that old saying, it's like, oh, someone wants a piece of you. And, uh, but it's true, you know, yeah. when you meet people, you know, like, your instant uh, instinct is what, is, what what do they want from me? What do they want to get out of this? And so, you, you know, it makes you a bit standoffish. And oh, you're sorry, mate, come to the rugby. What do you want out of this? Why are we doing this conversation? <laughs> yeah. What do you want from nah. me? <laughs> you've got productions coming up, you've got all these different personalities coming in. You know, how do you get into that performance mode yourself? Mm, without, it's going to sound arrogant, but like um, from a very early age, I realised that you, um, you can't really rely on anyone else. At the end of the day, it's, uh, everything's on you. My instincts have got me um, quite, a, quite far. Um, you know, trust to date, gut. trust my gut, and just know that you know it's my gut and uh, and my instincts have um, yeah have served me really well in the past, and just to keep doing that. And if and if I'm wrong, and if you know, and if and if I screw it up, then the only person I you know need to to blame is myself. And even now, I'm like, at this at this point, I don't really care. I don't care about failure anymore. So yeah, I, I just what's your best friend, right? When you learn yeah, from it, yeah, yeah, I, I really like, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And um, also, I just hate work. I just want to retire. Beautiful. I've never worked, so don't talk to me about that. Um, mate, we love you. We're so proud of what you do, just because you're just you whenever we see you. So you take a bit of New Zealand with us. So thank you, brother. I love you. Thank you, bro. Absolute Hollywood A-listers. Don't you think J.K. could star in one of Tyker's movies? J.K. is an A-lister in the Hollywood. Oh, I, he's good enough. He wouldn't have stayed a script. He'd move on. He wouldn't, he wouldn't <laughs> That's tell you what. He's no, he's no Jack Reacher. I'll tell you what. He's no Jack Reacher, is he? No way. Hey? What's no he chance. in? Is he in a comedy or? He'll be in an inspirational movie. 
like a Coach Carter kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it's your Greg, yeah. Yeah, that's what that. I'm seeing uh, from... He tried that at the Blues. It didn't go out. Oh, didn't go, didn't go so well. Oh, yeah. uh, he, got rid, he got rid of me. He got rid of me. <laughs> oh, don't go anywhere. This is the breakdown on the road live from Leon. When we come back, we're looking at the rest of the Rugby World Cup. The Darlings, Fiji, who came oh so close uh, to getting a victory over one of the top nations in the world. Australia picking up their first win this year under Eddie Jones as well. No my hockey my welcome back into the breakdown on the road in France Fiji heartbreak for Fiji there were people all around the world that wanted Fiji to upset a six nations team a top a tier 1 top tier team on the weekend and they came agonizingly close I don't think you can get any closer. The number of times they got over the line just didn't manage to get the ball down. And they'll be bitterly disappointed because that was a massive was opportunity a for them. But thank heavens for the game. Because oh, it was a remarkable exciting. game of rugby. The fact both teams were prepared to play. The pressure's now on Fiji. They're more likely going to have to beat Australia to have a chance to get it. And I, it's one they of those things. They could do it, absolutely, given the way and how dangerous they are, yeah. Mills. The fact, but you have to have full respect for Wales. Right, man. You know, because they actually, they probably went into that game as the underdog. I, coming, coming into this tournament, I was thinking, you know, under everything they're under, yeah. you know, the pressure off the field and also the performances, that they'd be the ones that would lose this game. But they also brought a different aspect, oh. didn't they? I mean, the, the, the game... They were good to watch. Oh, man. They, they shifted the ball. They got up, they got up early. Two great uh, tries that they sort of set up and from their set piece um, to, to stay in the fight when, man, those Fijians were starting to get a, um, you know, um, you know, a lot of sentencing in, into their game. But that was an impressive effort from, uh, from Wales. And you're right. I mean... They were the darlings going into this tournament now. I mean, they've got to beat Aussie. They the commentary be team kept saying as well, it was more like Suva than Swansea. So yeah. for them to stay in it against yeah. a team that are so hard to defend against and in those sort of temperatures is seriously impressive for Wales. They're going to go a long way. Well, it's, they've given themselves the best Chance. opportunity now, yeah. which was critical for them and for Warren Gatlin and what that group could do. I, I, I can't be more impressed, but once again, I come back to, if you're looking at one part of the game, Fiji, we disappointed was ultimately their discipline hurt them. They conceded a number of penalties, gave Wales field position and territory. And that, you know, if, if you continue to give that, give that away to anyone you're playing in this tournament, you're going to get hurt. But now I look forward to when Australia play Fiji because there'll be a different level of desperation because they know that their tournament in all likelihood is going to be on the line. But also, if you're Australia, you're now worried about Wales <laughs> well, because Wales looks so very, very good. Let's talk about Australia then. Australia got a significant win over Georgia, which potentially could have been a banana skin match for them, Mills. But first win of the season and the confidence that they'll take out of that in their opening game. I mean, Eddie Jones is still trialling players, isn't it, essentially? And that's where they wanted to start, right? They needed to get that first W to gain some of that confidence, you know, um, and then to go, go through to the rest of the tournament, sort of, you know, having an upbeat sort of camp. You know, they've got a lot of Young, young players, a young first five that he's, he's, he's a good player but also the balance in their forwards to say well they, they had to muscle up against the, the Georgians right and that, that would have been a big area where Eddie Jones will, will sit back and go okay I'm, I'm pretty happy with you know some of my guys particularly their, you know, their back row and, and, and loose forward trio um, so confidence is huge 
uh, in terms of that, that first sort of win. Um, and they'll focus, they'll, they'll know Fiji are coming. They'll, they they'll know Fiji are coming and, um, you know, yeah. it's a good chance for them to be able to sort of push on. They passed their first test, Australia. Yeah. That's what they needed to do, was they needed to get their first win against the team, which Georgia were always going to be a proposition that was a little bit unknown uh, in terms of what it would be like at a Rugby World Cup. And they were pretty clinical. They did kick a lot of Australia. Um, they were good in the air. Mm. And they kicked their goals. And that's something that I think that they were a little bit concerned about. And that's why their selections in terms of Donaldson at fullback, um, you know, I think that was an important part for them. Jeff, you were so impressed with the back three from France, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. Particularly the fact their ability off broken play to create for the other players around them. Very similar to what South Africa use. Is the, fact the moment you make a mistake, their ability, their, their speed and athleticism on their feet, it puts you under pressure. Look, they didn't use them a lot. But when they were involved in the game, it certainly stressed their defensive line. Oh, and their commitment too, really. I mean, they've got plenty of speed. You know, one uh, moment there, Valier ran right across the whole field and then found a hole. So they've got plenty of speed, plenty of commitment. That ball that sort of well, was bouncing between Bowden and then the south, and then they, they scored off that. What they do is when, when they're caught upon in moments is that they actually, you know, win. And then win those sort of bigger moments for, for their sides. I mean, we've got expected wingers, don't get me, get me wrong, but the fact that these guys stay in it, they're very uh, impressive and they don't mind, um, you know, making a few mistakes here and there. You can't see the pressure getting to this no. team. They, do, they seem like they can handle solid, it, right? Eh? Yeah, they do. They do seem very solid. They seem composed. And that's... You, know, you spoke about it last couple of years in the 18 months, even some of these players coming through the under-20s. You know, they've, they've played for a very long time. You've got to remember also, you know, they lost their, their, their star first five. You know, and the way they've sort of been able to, to adapt and go on, that's built upon, um, I suppose, confidence leading into the tournament and, and confidence that was leading into the tournament from 18 months ago. Well, the North uh, beat the Southern Hemisphere 3-2 over the weekend, if you look at some of these results. Uh, a big one for the Southern Hemisphere in the Rugby Championship, though, was South Africa over Scotland, Jeff. The defending world champions, what did you see from this oh. team? Some teams are just good at Rugby World Cup time, aren't they, and playing with their DNA. They, they played their best game two weeks ago. Did you see an improvement on that? No, they suffocated Scotland once again. I didn't see an improvement because they did exactly what they did to the All Blacks, is the fact that what they just put under pressure. Their kicking game was really on point, but their defensive line... Scotland have been one of the better teams over the last two years in terms of using the ball-finding space we saw against France a few weeks ago. They got behind and were able to find the, uh, some opportunities on the edges. They didn't get that against the Springboks. They kept coming. Finn Russell was under all yeah. sorts of pressure yeah. all day, whether it was creating or whether trying to kick. There was, it was relentless. And then... They came on, and guess where they were dominant? Up front at scrum time. So it gave Scotland no opportunity to get themselves back into the game. Look, it was 6-3 at half time, but it seemed as though it was only one team out there. They are 100% stuck to what they're good at, and ultimately it, it was too much for Scotland. Oh, and they executed what they're very, very good at. I mean, I mean you put up your Finn Russell under pressure, that's all they done. Every time he had a kick, there was a couple of guys on him, they sort of gave him a couple of nudges, they wore, they wore him out. Yep. Even into the, into the fact that he became sort of, you know, Tired of the sort of and fatigued from thinking, oh, who's who's coming at me? And then they bring on a, an ex, uh, you know, some big boys to to, to really, you know, star them of position, but also great over the ball. And I think between them and, and the French sides, because they're so big and solid, they've got very good um, execution in terms of getting over the ball. If you get a little bit isolated, they're right in there. And so they're comfortable with where they're at. The South Africans are comfortable with their, with their game plan, and, and everyone just sort of seems to be on the same page. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit sort of 
worried a little bit about the South Africans because there is that X factor. And Lebok is running, he, he is starting to really get there. I think it's probably momentum because he's in the, the driver's seat. And I think between him and one of the at the back, they've got some great X factor players. I still think they'll be nervous about goal kicking when Faf de Klerk is having to take shots at goal for them. Yeah. That's when in you fact, miss Andre Pollard. Well, that's when you miss Pollard. And, and uh, don't get me wrong, I think um, LeBoc's doing an outstanding job in understanding the role he has to play. But a part of that is kicking the points yeah, and taking yeah. their threes. Yeah. And yeah. remembering the first half, it was 6-3 at half time. Yeah. It wasn't like they were dominating this game. Also uh, in this pool, of course, is Ireland. They had a rather easy first-up encounter. I mean, how much can you read into that big win over Romania, Jeff? Clinical, yeah. um, accurate. They they Their structures were really, really good. They looked sharp. They went into that game. Look, to, to, to score 80 at, at a World Cup's not easy to do um, because teams come in prepared, fit and, and physical, but they just they manipulate space so well. They keep guys on the edges and, and they know how to get the ball to them. Um, they are going to be so difficult. Will they play like that against these big teams? Oh, absolutely, they have to because that's their strength and they've shown they can do that. I mean, these are the, this is the team, you know, I think right now they are probably the best structured attacking team in the competition and in the world, the way that they play and they've mastered their ability to find space. And manipulation, really, you know, they're, 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 they're solid in that, in that aspect and the fact that, I mean, this could, it could easily be a, a game where they sort of warm into the tournament, but they didn't, you know, they've, they've gone out there, they had a nice, awesome, great game plan um, in terms of the analysis that they sort of seen the opportunities and then to go out there and execute the manipulation and, and, and find space and beat them by that much. That, that's solid, that's, a, that's, a, that's why they're number one, you know, because they're all on the same page. You're right, they, they do find a bit of space and um, they, they have got a good balance in terms of, you know, getting their kicking game right as well. So the big thing is, is it, can they do it? Are they, will they be allowed to do that sort of stuff against bigger teams? I think they've got the, the, the team to, to, to absolutely manipulate other teams as well. So do you put a line through Scotland right now then? Because that first game against South Africa was so important, they didn't want it and they couldn't get in the game. But there's desperation now from them because yeah. they know their tournament's going to be on the line um, when they come up against Ireland. So no, no, I don't put a line through them. It's the fact that South Africa did it to us two weeks ago. Yeah. They can do it to so many teams. They've done it to Australia, Argentina. That's their DNA. That's why they're so good at what they do at Rugby World Cups. England is someone who probably uh, elevated their status considering all they have been through since changing their coach in 12 months, Mills. I mean, to play with 14 men for 75 minutes and to beat them 27-10 against a, this, this a, is, a top nation, exactly. against Argentina. This isn't just any team. This is an Argentinian side who are physical. You know, they've, they've got a lot of confidence coming into this. Um, into this tournament after beating you know, the Wallabies. and I was super impressed. This is exactly everything that happened in that game in terms of the red card, even that in itself, what, what that does to their morale and you know, their, their confidence is just huge because now you know, they, they went into it 10 minutes and, hey, we're going to play this totally different. Get down there, OK, let's points, 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 put the pressure back on um, the Argentinians and the, that display, 27 points 27 off one, points. one guy. But... This Who's is not even their regular exactly. first choice 10. You have to think, they're without their two of their best players as well. They've got some things to take away from this game, England, in, in terms of what do they do going forward, particularly selection-wise. But what they're really clever at is the fact they went zero rucks, uh, zero defenders at the ruck very early on, and Argentina continued to try and play, and then they were very selective about going in and trying to steal the ball, and they got so many penalties for the fact that Argentina missed clean-outs. The fact they were trying to use possession, the defence was outstanding. Oh, they, set, they set a marker, 
for where they are in this tournament. So they're real contenders now for the World Cup. No one was talking about them coming into this tournament. No else. way anyone was talking to them because they just didn't show anything. And that's why I said everything that happened, even the, 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 the red card, which I don't think that was a red card. I mean, I, I just, you know, but if that didn't happen, I don't know where they possibly could have won. They almost went into, hey, we're going to go into this game plan. Everything's against us. You know, no one's picking us to win. It even gave them even more edge to come out and, 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 and actually, you know, perform the way they did. Not yet. No, you're not, not you're not putting not, them in that I'm, category. I'm not going to put them in that category team, right now. Yeah, not, yeah, too, too early. Too early for that. It's round one. Come on. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> He's so tough, it's the first game. He? He's so tough. The first game. Well, well, he won't put England in the finals of the Rugby World Cup category. There were finals back home as well in New Zealand. It's the Farah Palmer Cup Premiership and Championship. We'll be talking about that right after this. Good nick for finals for There's a little attack and kick going in. Behind the line, it's taken on the full by Tierney. First try, Northland. At the right edge. Nuko with a right foot step. Beautifully done. Nuko shall head round closer to the post. And Maya Davis makes the tackle at the offload for Takuda Nazaradang and Mate. Take a bow, Northland. You're on the way to the Premiership in 2024. Well, Taylor, right in the thick of it, calling out, but what did you make of that first half? Oh, wow, what a Farah Palmer Cup Premiership final. It's everything we would have hoped for. I mean, last year, Auckland came here and got absolutely smoked. 41 points to 14, and they eventually lost. But that first half, it was really neck and neck in the first 20 minutes. Then all of a sudden, Auckland just found something within themselves and really picked up the momentum in that last second, uh, last 20 minutes, should I say. And then at halftime, they had the lead. And then I don't know what was said at halftime, but Canterbury, they did come back, but Auckland were just too good at the end of the day. Absolutely, and I think what the crucial part for Auckland was their bench as well. They came on, there was massive turnovers. Tully Foley had down to 73 minutes to go. Massive turnover. Canterbury were on that front foot. But they took the wind out of their sails, didn't they? Absolutely, and we said it earlier as well. You could hear a pin drop in the crowd. This Canterbury team are usually so vocal for their team, but that's because their team's always winning, but not today. Like They were in unfamiliar territory because Auckland just came out firing. Canterbury, um, they didn't really have an answer for them, and we heard as well that it was 
was all about belief and they certainly had a lot of it. But what did you make of it? Because you've had a foot in both camps. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I thought, honestly, a few weeks ago when Auckland had the lead against Canterbury mm. and then they lost that lead and lost to them, I think that was a blessing in disguise because really taught them coming into this game, having the lead, you can't just get complacent, can't get com comfortable and they know how lethal Canterbury are, especially mm. coming straight out of that halftime break and they shut that down. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of people actually counted Auckland out at the beginning of the season because they lost to Hawke's Bay and for those people that don't know, the Hawke's Bay were the team that came up from the championship and, you know, to lose to that team as Auckland was huge but then all of a sudden they just came right back in and I think it helped having their black friends come in, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. They had a number of those players like Rohe stepping up, showing off the 16-year-olds, Braxton, Soros and McGee out the back. She didn't look phased at all with mm. finals pressure. Mm. It didn't even get to it at all. Mm. And then Vahai had a standout season mm. and she's debuted last year and then just completely put her hand up now. And the overall season has been pretty good because no team made it to the finals being undefeated and we don't often see that, you know. We, we always see one team dominating, usually Canterbury, but, you know, the likes of Waikato, they were good. Hawks Bay, they were really good as well. So I think overall the Premiership season has been fantastic and we heard Liana Michele too say as well, more than half of that team are under 21. So this Auckland Scary. team, it could be another <laughs> dynasty. I mean, this is their 16th title. We could see them go on another rampage again for the next few years. Well, absolutely. And the Fire Palmer Cup returns up north in the helm of the Auckland how brilliant for them and it's, it's, it's exciting for the competition as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. The seven-year drought is over yeah. and I can't wait for next season. Let's look forward to it. I mean, we're only a year yeah. away already, but I'm still <laughs> looking forward to it. The ASB Rugby Awards is a pinnacle event on the annual rugby calendar, celebrating the best of the best in rugby in New Zealand, from our communities right through to our teams in black. In 2023, there are two new Community Rugby Awards, in addition to the Charles Munro Volunteer of the Year. With over 470 rugby clubs across all corners of New Zealand, we know that many of these clubs serve their communities far beyond rugby. The Bunnings Warehouse Rugby Club of the Year recognises a rugby club that has achieved significant outcomes for their members, local community or provincial union in the current year. The winner of Bunnings Warehouse Rugby Club of the Year will receive $5,000 worth of Bunnings products and materials to support the maintenance and improvement of their club rooms. The two finalist clubs will also receive a $500 Bunnings gift card. The second new award is to recognise that rugby has the ability to bring communities together to achieve great things. The New Zealand Rugby Community Impact Award recognises an incredible person from a provincial union, community rugby club, organisation, school, iwi or super rugby club that has significantly impacted their community this year. This could include growing participation, culture, diversity and inclusion, women and girls, mental health and well-being, player welfare and leadership. Get your nominations in now on www.nzrugby.co.nz forward slash ASB Rugby Awards so we can celebrate the amazing individuals and clubs that make a difference in our communities. Winners will be announced during the awards show on December 14 on Sky.
Yeah, wonderful initiative for the New Zealand Rugby Awards later on this year. Make sure you jump online and you nominate your community heroes. Right, Namibia, seven-day turnaround for the All Blacks before the second test. Of course, they need to bounce back. They need to make a statement before this one. So what do they do with the 23? And Foster said uh, a couple of days ago that he is going to continue with the rest and rotation. But uh, without four players due to injury, there was only uh, about nine players that didn't play in this test match. So other are going to have to back up. Who will play this game from that top team? And will Ethan Blackadder jump straight off the plane on Monday, four days later, will we see Ethan Blackadder play? I had a random thought yesterday, Mills. All right, so those four that are injured, that, um, yes. they're probably starters, right? So I'd like to see the group that's got the responsibility to finish games, big test matches, actually get some quality time together. The ones who might be on the bench for the big games and combine with the other players who are in the squad, it's get as many of those guys working together so they understand each other, get the combinations, get them starting against Namibia, play a good 60 minutes together, see whether or not we can't build some cohesiveness. So who's on that bench that's, that's then starting? Well, I think for me, really, the big one is where Damien McKenzie sits, you know, does he start at 10 to then move back to fullback, you know, to allow them to possibly, you know, consider him coming off the bench? Because we haven't seen him at all being selected off the bench. So I think, you know, his selection uh, in terms of that, it had, had, I think Richie Moonga, um, you know, stays in it, whether it's off the bench or not. You know, you, you keep your sort of, yeah, your playmaker involved. The likes of Roy Gard, you know, do we actually start Roy Gard, you know, just to see that? I think I think you, you have got a good point there. The guys that will potentially finish the game are po possibly more important, and that's probably in the you know the nine tens and and um, in, in, in out the back. Um, it's going to be a long week for the All Blacks. It is. It's going to be a long week to get back on the field, right? Yeah, it is going to be a long week, but I think it's, it'll be a good week as well. You know, I mean, once they park that, that, that game, you know, start to get things right, they've got to they've got to actually hone down on you know the goal that they, they want to get from this. Yeah, okay, winning winning is obviously the big one, and they should have shouldn't have any problems. But for the bigger picture down the road, it's more about that mental side of things and how they're going to end up getting that confidence back before the quarterfinals. Does Ethan play? Oh, um, I'd like to think so. If they've got any issues, or uh, probably off the bench. Yeah, yeah, just gets it off the bench. That would be where I expect him to get some responsibilities. So, what does the loose forward trio look like then? Because when you think of the injuries to Shannon Frizzell and to Sam Kane, who's who's playing? It's <laughs> well, a great question. You know, this is the the, the scenarios yeah. that are going to be going on in the All Blacks right now. I think Luke Jacobson maybe could give Adi Savia uh, Adi a rest, yeah. um, and and you know Dalton Popley he could start at seven. And I mean they've got to look at some options. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I mean these are, these are tough question marks, and we don't know where some of these players are at in terms of coming back. But it's a big week for them in terms of just getting some confidence and getting back out there. JK and Carlton Anna were off to get espresso. Croissants, is it for you two or baguettes? My, oh. my numbers on croissants are high already. How many? <sighs> my number already? I've only been here five days. I'm, in, I'm almost in double figures. <laughs> Don't even look at me, mate. I've, mate, I need a salad somehow. I'll, I'll, I'll leave <laughs> that sure leaf. Make still do the, the button up on that working style. No, no, these are all good. Jacket. They're all good. Look at that. By the plenty end of, of the there. tournament. Plenty that is us done and dusted for the breakdown on the road, live from Leon. We'll be back in our new time slot of Tuesday nights during the Rugby World Cup in a week's time. We'll see you soon. And do not forget that it is Tewiki Otereo Māori Language Week. As we kick off the 10th edition of rugby's biggest prize, the World Cup. The opening ceremony was something to behold. Here's the cross kick, waiting is Mark Talia, needs a good pass. Oh, yeah.
silence some of their critics as they win the opening pool D match of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. It has been Donaldson's day here in Paris. A fine opening performance from Italy. Job emphatically done for Ireland. It has been a tsunami of green flowing towards the Oaks dry line. It has been a wonderful occasion, history made into moves. South Africa start off their 2023 Rugby World Cup with a victory over Scotland. They survived. They were hanging on the precipice. The Rugby World Cup 23 has not disappointed.